you brought your Bibles, open them up. If you brought your phones, turn them on. And go to Daniel chapter number 2, and you can flip over to Isaiah 9. Daniel chapter 2, Isaiah chapter number 9. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this great church. We thank you for this congregation, Lord. And I thank you that the Holy Spirit is here among us. And Lord, help me to get from the inside of me to the outside of me. Help us, Lord God, to receive this word and make changes in our life and make us better and more effective for the kingdom. And Lord God, bless Cambridge through the church. In Jesus' name, we all said... Amen and amen and amen. Daniel chapter 2, Isaiah chapter number 9. Jody and I were driving down through the country here this morning to get here. And we got talking about some of the things going on in the world. I read the news apps in the morning and stuff like that. And um, uh, I, I made the statement that you ever wish in the midst of what's going on in the world right now, you could just go further into the country you know, kind of like off the grid and not get the news or, you know, even even get rid of the phones. And my by now, my cell phone has to be surgically removed from my body. I've, I've had it attached for so long. And then Holy Spirit said something to me. He said, there is another country you can move deeper to. Anytime you want to. And I said, thank you. That fits right for an opening I was looking for for today's message. Most of the teachings of Jesus discusses the kingdom of heaven and how we can interact to it. So Jesus wasn't just describing the kingdom of heaven. He was, he was teaching us, he was showing us that we can interact in that kingdom. What he was saying is, here's where I'm from. This is the place where I began uh, life on earth. I came from there to here and I'm going to show you what my home kingdom is like so you can interact in that kingdom too. So I want to look at um, I want to look at the Old Testament first to give us a picture. The Old Testament is full of pictures of what the reality of Christ is like for our life. So he gives us a picture in Daniel chapter 2 of the home that Jesus called the kingdom of heaven. Now watch this. Nebuchadnezzar, a little background, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. Drives him bonkers. Very, very scary dream. And he calls all of his wise men in and says, give me the interpretation of this dream. And they couldn't do it. So in his anger... He ordered all of the wise men of the kingdom. He said, go kill them all. I, I don't need them around me. Well, Daniel was one of those wise men by this time. So Daniel seeks God for an interpretation. If I was Daniel, I would have too right then. You know, Lord, I need this interpretation. I need it to be done pretty quick. So Daniel seeks God and gets an interpretation. Now watch this. So he goes into King Nebuchadnezzar. And look at Daniel chapter number 2 and uh, verse number 31. So he says to Nebuchadnezzar, he says, You, O king, were looking and behold, there was a single great statue. That statue, which was large and of extraordinary splendor, was standing in front of you and its appearance was awesome. 
The head of that statue was made of fine gold, its breast and its arms of silver, its belly and its thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You continued looking until a stone was cut without hands. It was not created by human hands. And it struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and crushed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed all at the same time and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors and the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them was found. But the stone that struck the statue became a great mountain and it filled the whole earth. And then he goes on to talk about different kingdoms that would arise after that. And in verse number 44, he says this, In the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom. He's going to set up another kingdom, which will never be destroyed, and that kingdom will not be left for another people. It will crush and put an end to all these kingdoms, but it will itself endure forever. Insomuch as you saw that a stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and it crushed the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God has made known to the king what will take place in the future. So this dream is true, and its interpretation is trustworthy. The kingdom that Daniel saw was the kingdom that Jesus taught his disciples about. And here's what we see. There would come a kingdom that would become more powerful. Listen, listen to what I say. How many here this morning belong to the kingdom of God that Jesus is king over? He's saying this. He said there would come a kingdom that would be more powerful than any other kingdom that has ever been on the face of the earth. We should say amen right there. Now, how many agree that we're looking here at the kingdom of Jesus and Jesus is king over that kingdom? How many would say amen? amen. Then we need to ask ourselves, you know, we, uh, I was working in the office last night on, on a project and, and I got a phone call and it wasn't a great phone call for the business that I was working on. And immediately my mind goes in, you know, it tries to go into this panic mode. And I had to ask myself the question, now right now at this moment, am I operating from the kingdom of this fallen realm or am I operating from the kingdom that Jesus gave me passage to? You see, there are two different kingdoms at work on this plane of existence. The kingdom of the world that has fallen and has no hope and the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, turn over to Isaiah, chapter number 9. Somebody asked me one time, they said, why do you always go to Isaiah, chapter number 9? Because Isaiah, chapter 9, gives the prophecy of the kingdom that we belong to, the kingdom of Jesus, the kingdom that we can dwell in. And it's the foundation of everything that I believe in. Now watch this, watch. L let, me, let me affirm something here. 
We are of that kingdom that was cut without hands. Say amen if you believe that. We are of that mountain, and it said, Daniel said this, he said that rock grew into a mountain that, that just consumed the whole earth. That's the kingdom that we live in, amen? And we're of that kingdom that cannot be destroyed. So the problems that speak to me in my life cannot overcome the kingdom that I operate in. Now watch this, watch since most of the teachings of Jesus was about how to interact with the kingdom of heaven, the more we know about the kingdom of heaven, the more the teachings of Jesus becomes relevant to my life. Are you understanding? And, and watch, watch, let me, let me show you this. I'll just, I'll just read it real quick here. Um, I've said this before. In, um, here's, here's the number one. Watch, oh, this is good. you like this. Here's, here's the number one rule about the kingdom of heaven. Listen to this. Jesus said this in Mark chapter 4. Um, he was teaching about uh, how to interact with the kingdom. And in verse number 10, as soon as he was alone, his followers along with the 12 began asking him about the parables. I want you to catch this. And he was saying this. He said to them, he said to them, to you, now I want you to catch this. To you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside get everything in parables. Now watch this. I said this to Jody when I was studying this yesterday. I said, you know what? I said, we shouldn't even, uh, in the church, we shouldn't even call them parables. He said, because to you, they're not a parable anymore. To you... It's a teaching how to interact with the kingdom. But those outside of the kingdom, they see it as a story. They see it as a parable, you see? So if we're reading a, a teaching of Jesus and we're still seeing it as a cute little story, then we're outside of that kingdom principle right there, you see? These are teachings of Jesus for the church to interact with the kingdom of heaven. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says this, All, the secret things belong to the Lord, but once they're revealed to you, then they belong to you, praise the Lord. Amen. Now watch. Here's why it's important to understand these things. Watch this. 1 Peter, listen. He's talking specifically about you. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 9. He calls you this. You're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Sometimes that doesn't sound like me. Sometimes that doesn't sound like my situation. You see? But watch, here's, here's what I need to realize. So that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Listen, listen. An identifier. For you once were not a people, but now you're the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. Listen, I'm going to paraphrase this. In other words, at one time you were not, but now you are. So we need to learn to operate 
as we are now. I grew up in a household completely unchurched. Oh my Lord, if there was heathen in the dictionary, Sally. The Davis family was right in there. My gosh. Uh, my sister, we, we were very young, she said one time, she said, should we go to church? You'd have thought hee-haw was on. We just all had a good life. We thought she was joking, you know? Oh my goodness, goodness, goodness. So at one time, I wasn't, but then I was. And because now that I was, I can learn how to be that. Because the kingdom of Jesus is already bigger than the kingdom of the world, and it can't beat us. Um, remember the spies was sent into Canaan? God sent 12 preachers into the Bible so they could look in there and see that what God promised was really in there. Remember that in Canaan? They sent 12 spies in there to see if what God promised them because they were now there was really in there. See, I see it as 12 preachers going into the Bible to see if what God promised was really in there. And they came back and they all agreed. Man, they got grapes as like basketballs over there. There's some good stuff. And ten of them said, don't you wish we could have that? Hmm? Have you ever looked at the Bible and said, oh, I wish I could have that? There were two others that said, let's go get it, man. If God said we could have it, if he made a way and it's in there, then it belongs to us. Somebody say amen. amen. And here's what God was showing us. Watch. The picture that he was showing us of Canaan is the Word of God. What it's like to live in the kingdom of God on earth. Yeah, there are a few monsters out there. But we can overcome. Amen? Amen. So here's what he was saying, Bill. Here's what he was telling them back then and us as a picture. Watch, you ready? You can have what you see. That's a heck of a message, isn't it? Amen. God give us this book, and he said, Dan, you know you can have what you see in there. So, glory to God. Man, who, who needs birthdays? Man. That one of the uh, best images of this I ever saw was uh, when Jody, she, uh, in fact, she's talking about going back together. It drives me nuts when she goes over there. But anyway, uh, Jody's been going back and forth to Haiti for, I don't know, about 17, 18 years now. Um, she asked me one time, she said, what do you think about a six-month trip over there? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She'd jump out of a plane without a parachute just to see if she would really die. You know what I mean? <laughs> My goodness. So, so anyway, Jody, she's been traveling back and forth to Haiti. And when she started going over there, she would tell me all these 
fascinating stories about Haiti. And um, she said uh, uh, they were going through Port-au-Prince. This is the first trip she ever made over there. They were going through Port-au-Prince, and she said that the garbage in the street and, and just, you know, I mean, literally there are people walking around the streets using the bathrooms on the sidewalk, no clothing, walking through garbage, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And um, she said they're coming out of Port-au-Prince, going to their destination, and she's just overwhelmed by the poverty and, and the nastiness of this country. And she said, all of a sudden, on the right-hand side of the car, she sees this, this compound. And it's got, the, it's beautiful, and it's painted, and it's got a lawn. Nobody's got lawns over there. I mean, it's got a lawn inside of this compound, beautiful. I mean, it's got trees. It's, the reason that Haiti is so decimated is because the French went in and, and deforested the whole island. So there's, there's no forest there. There's nothing to hold the ground together. It's just, it's terrible. But she said in this compound, there's this beautiful house, several other houses, there's grass, there's fences, there's all the kind of stuff. And, and she asked the, the driver, she said, who lives over there? And he said, that's the American embassy. See, the guy from another kingdom lived there. He was in Haiti but he wasn't from Haiti. Jesus said we're in the world, but we don't have to be from the world. Amen? Amen? So, um, the ambassador is a citizen from another kingdom who was sent to a kingdom as a representative. So when, I mean, where did that guy get trees? There's no trees in Haiti. Where'd he get grass? Where'd he get this beautiful building? You see, when the ambassador from America is in Haiti, if he needs something, he gets it from where he has his authority, not where he is. Oh, somebody needs to hear this. Hmm? When he has a need, he gets it from where he gets his authority, not from where he's living. You see? You guys just found your amen or didn't you? <laughs> so I want, I want you to think about a question this morning. What would happen if somebody went up to the ambassador from America and smacked him on the back of the head and he forgot who he was. He forgot that he was a citizen of the United States. He forgot that he had everything at his disposal. All he had to do is just say what he needed. And he looked around at the culture around him and the only thing he had to identify with is what he saw with his eyes and heard with his ears. And he began to think that he was a citizen of where he was. 
Now, all of a sudden, because of what he was thinking in his mind, seeing with his eyes and hearing with his ears, he had no money, he had no medication if he was ill, he had no resources, he had no car, he had no driver, he had nothing. I think he would begin to believe that he was as depressed and oppressed as everybody else around him. Now, we're going to leave him. He's in an alley and we're going to leave him right there for a little bit. He's just laying there right now, okay? Here's the kingdom that you and I were transferred to the day that we got born again. The Bible tells us in Colossians and Philippians, says we were transferred, transferred from one kingdom to another. Watch this. Look at Isaiah 9. Now, we need to find Isaiah 9 as a base simply because this was the prophecy of the kingdom that we're talking about now. And he tells what this is like. Watch this. Isaiah 9, verse number 6. And it starts out, we know, the, we know the verse. For a child will be born to us, and a son will be given to us, and a government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And there'll be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. That's so good on a Christmas card, isn't it? I've seen that on Christmas cards so long, I don't even pay any attention to it when I read it anymore. Little baby Jesus in the manger. Hmm. If you break this down in the Hebrew, government means an empire. A whole empire will rest on the shoulders of this man. And his name, that means his position. Shall be called means he'll be addressed as this. And then wonderful means pure miracle in nature. The prince is the person who governs. Peace is the kingdom of shalom, which means health, prosperity, and peace. And it will not end. So watch this. If you read this out, Isaiah 9 says this, an empire will rest on him. And his position on his throne will be addressed as our wonderful counselor and mighty God. You are purely miraculous in your nature. You're our eternal father. And you're the prince of health, prosperity, and peace. And your kingdom is growing by the day. Glory to God. Now let's go see how our ambassador's doing. Now he's laying in the back streets. He's consumed by the problems of the world around him. If somebody says, how you doing? He's going to tell them, Missy. Hmm? How you doing? How do you think I'm doing? I'm sick, I'm broke, I'm naked, and I have nobody to help me. And all the while, He is a representative of a country that all he has to do is say the word and every resource this nation has will be at his disposal. In other words, if he would just call out, 
all the riches of the glory of his country is at his disposal. And here's the wild thing about it, Bob. There's United Nation and American soldiers walking through Haiti, walking through Port-au-Prince. Jody saw these soldiers. And don't you know, because he finally began to look just like Haiti, that there were soldiers from his own country that walked by him because he never said his name when they walked by. Hebrews 1.14 says this, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent, sent for the service of those who inherit salvation? And Sally, all he had to do was say to them, It's me. That's who you were sent for. It's me. All the resources of an ambassador's needs is in his heart and in his mind, and it has to come out of his mouth. The power of an ambassador is what he says. Do you realize the only authority an ambassador has is what he says? Because when he says what's in his heart and in his mind, things from his home country kick into action and supplies all his needs according to its riches. But if you can change what is in that man's heart, if you can change what is in his mind, you'll change what comes out of his mouth. Oh, there's an amen or an oh my right there. Huh? Mm. Go, go up to um, John chapter number 20 for a moment here. John chapter number 20. Here's the position of purpose that Jesus intends for the church. So number one, on Pentecost, I got that Pentecost word in there, didn't I? On Pentecost, Jesus gave to the church the same spirit given to him by the Father at the Jordan, right? So we have that same spirit. So, so watch, watch this, watch. Um, the Old Testament picture shows us this. That when we are born again, the moment we're born again, here's what the Old Testament shows. That the application of the blood carries the application of the oil. When, when the leper was brought into the tabernacle, uh, there was an application of blood put on him that cleansed him. And then there was a second application. The high priest would take uh, some of the blood from the lamb and he'd add oil to it, mix it together, and, and apply that. So the Old Testament picture, Sheila, is showing us this, that we get the Holy Spirit through the blood of Christ. We need to earn that thing. That's dumb. That's dumb. You don't need to earn that. We're in the kingdom. 
that has been paid for, you see? So if you're going, oh, I need the Holy Spirit, you've got the Holy Spirit, okay? Don't be in Haiti laying there naked and beat up, you see? Uh, you have the Holy Spirit. Now, the New Testament shows us this, that along with the application of the Holy Spirit comes moves of the Spirit, baptisms of the Spirit. Ha have you ever had a, um, an experience where you're born again, and then you start relying on yourself, and then you find you remember the grace of Jesus, and you kind of get born again again? Yeah. You ever done that? Yeah, there's been times I got born again again, you know, and again and again and again and again. again. Yeah. So that's like the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit when you're saved. He gives you that. So you can understand this. So you can be drawn to deeper things of the word. Now people get mad at me for this because they have an earning mentality. You can't tell me Ernie's got the same thing I cried for 24 hours straight for. Uh-uh. Yeah, he does. If you had to cry, that's your business. Okay? Now watch. There are also times that the Lord as you being an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven has something extraordinary that he wants you to do for the kingdom and at that point he's going to give you a dose of the Holy Ghost that is above the normal of this world. You see? So we have the Holy Spirit and then there are like baptisms of the Holy Spirit that, that God gives us. That's why Ernie, you ever wonder why in the world God puts you in some of the situations that you're in? It's like, are you mad at me or what? You know? But see, he needs somebody with the Holy Spirit that can be baptized right now to do something about that situation. We go to a family reunion and we're ignoring that person that's got a problem because we're afraid he's going to tell us about it. Yeah. God, why'd you put me here? I'll tell you why you put you here. You need to walk over there and say, hey, you ought to be glad I'm here. We're going to do something about this right now. Huh? Because we are from the kingdom of heaven. We are ambassadors of that kingdom. Then Jesus commissioned us. On Pentecost, we have the Holy Spirit. And he commissioned the church to be ambassadors of heaven to the world, to speak about the empire of heaven. Listen to John 20, verse number 19. Hmm. Watch this, watch this. So when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut up where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came in and stood in the midst of them and said this. Watch, 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 watch. Here's what he said. Peace be to you. Shalom. Remember that kingdom? He just gave it to them. He said, the kingdom that Isaiah 9 talked about, it's yours now. It's yours watch we're going to bring this in good because it's the last half page I got Bob why do you do this watch verse number 20 and when he said this he showed them both his hands and his side the disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord so Jesus said to them again watch watch 
he said to them again, peace be with you. Shalom, the kingdom from Isaiah 9 is now yours. Look, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. Watch, watch. I go to Columbus to pick something up. Sheila comes and says, hey, this needs picked up for the church. Can you go? And I said, sure. And she gives me a credit card from the church and says, this will take care of your gas. This will take care of your purchase and get you back. Okay. Now, something comes up. Emergency. I can't go. I call Bill. And I say, Bill, can you run to Columbus? Yes. Okay. Bill said, I don't have any gas. Oh, no, it's okay. In the same way she supplied me, I'm going to supply you. So you can do whatever I was going to do, full force. Jesus at the Jordan was given the Holy Spirit of heaven. And he said, now the kingdom's yours. As the Father sent me, in the same way, I'm sending you. Hmm? I'm sending you. Lord. Last, last scripture. And unlike our pastor, I'm not lying about it. This really is. I, I hope he was sleeping right there at that moment. <laughs> he, he says, this is the last scripture. I'm sitting there thinking, lying preacher? I'll tell you. <laughs> Listen to Luke 17, verse number 20. This is so important. Now, having been questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed. Nor will they say, Look, here it is, or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of heaven is right in you. It's where the kingdom, the, the rock cut without hands that turned into a mountain that became more powerful than any kingdom in the world is on the inside of you. It's in your heart. It's in your mind. And the kingdom comes out by what you say. Hmm? You ever take a week and just go brag about God to everybody you see? I mean, that's being an ambassador. You know, I don't know how to witness. You don't. You got that wallet full of grandbaby pictures. You drive people crazy with them. Because you know how special that grandbaby is. Right? I just, I said this before, use the word outstanding. It's the best word in the whole world. Ted, how you doing? Outstanding, man. Outstanding. Really, what's going on? Well, number one, I know God. Hey, he's outstanding, man. I'm telling you what. What? How was church? 
That is outstanding, man. They had this good-looking preacher in there last week. <laughs> I mean, outstanding. How's your wife? I ever tell you about her? That is the most outstanding woman you've ever seen in your whole life. She is smart. She is pretty. I grabbed her the other day and I used the movie line, Bob. I'm just hugging her. I'm going, you is smart. You is pretty. You is gorgeous. She said, what do you want? Huh? But look, we don't have to know how to, we don't have to be a, a college educated evangelist. Just look at people and say, where I come from, man, it's outstanding. Just go brag about God for a while, huh? You can't go wrong. Your kids will embarrass you, I guarantee it. <laughs> God will never embarrass you, amen? God put you in situations because he needed an ambassador in that situation. Get this stuff in your heart, get it in your mind so it'll come out of your mouth first thing off. And don't forget, every day, every single day, angels are dispatched to render service just for you. Don't forget that. Man, don't forget that. You're an ambassador of heaven. It's in your heart. You know it in your mind. Just let it start coming out of your mouth. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this good day. Lord, again, we lift up our pastor to you. Lord, Heal him up, get him out of bed so I don't have to tell on him anymore up here in the pulpit, Lord God. Help him, help him. And Father God, we just ask that anybody watching this today, if they don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, that they hear me now. We invite you to the kingdom of heaven. All you have to do right now is just say, Jesus, make me one of yours. I believe in you. I confess you, make me one of yours. And that's how easy it is. That's how much he dearly loves you.